0: This is an incredible deal. You don't want to miss it. Go ahead and sign up at kathyheller.com slash join.
1: Stay on trend, but be different because why would anyone pick you up if you look like the next guy?
0: If you're a creative person, if you're a baker, a dancer, a photographer, a screenwriter, an actor, a comedian, a podcaster, and you want to figure out how to make a living doing what you love, this is the show. This is the show don't keep your day job. My name is Kathy Heller and I'm a singer songwriter. I make a living doing what I love and I want that for you. This is the show that's gonna help you do that and give you not only inspiration but some real life strategies. This is gonna help you figure out how to take your creative passion and turn it into a profit. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting don't keep your day job. Skillshare is an online learning community with over 15,000 classes in design, business and more. They're giving all of you a whole month of unlimited access absolutely free. So go to www.skillshare.com/dreamjob to redeem your free month. So remember for 1 month free go to skillshare.com/dreamjob. Thanks to Slack for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Slack is a messaging app which brings together all of your team's communications in one place, making work simpler and more productive. Go to slack.com to learn more. That's slack.com. Well, hi guys. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Today is my birthday and I just have to tell you that when I was celebrating this weekend with friends and they were asking me... What was the most magical thing that happened to you this past year and what are you most excited about this coming year? The first thing I thought about was this podcast and all of you and the fact that you've allowed me to be here in your life and you guys are amazing and we've been able to have this conversation and I get this feeling that I'm doing something good. Um, It has just been the most incredible journey and I'm so excited for this coming year and where that's going to lead and the guests that we'll have on this show and the conversations that I'll have with listeners and the feedback that I'll get, hearing that all of you are letting me know that this is working and you're hearing this and it's speaking to you and that you're actually taking strides and moving forward and working towards that thing that you always wanted. Last week, I went to see my sister, Barbara Heller, perform. She did this cabaret show and she's so talented and She's always been somebody that I look up to because she's my older sister, but she's a pretty remarkable person, not just because she's my older sister, but because of who she is. And she was singing a collection of songs, and one of the songs that she sang so, so well is called She Used to Be Mine. It's from the musical Waitress. And I hadn't really stopped to listen to the lyrics, but when she was singing, I started crying and I started thinking about... All of you. And I started thinking about where I've come from and where I am right now. And I wanted to share with you what I was thinking. So in the song, the lyrics, she says, it's not simple to say that most days I don't recognize me, that these shoes and this apron, this place and its patrons have taken more than I give them. She goes on to say that she doesn't really recognize herself anymore and that there was this girl who she used to recognize who was imperfect but she was good she was hard on herself she was broken she wouldn't ask for help she was messy um, but she was a kind person but she was lonely most of the time and she said whatever that was she doesn't even recognize that girl anymore because now she's a waitress not doing what she really wants to do in many aspects of her life in her work in her relationship not listening to her her authentic voice But I feel this is such an important message because this year on my birthday, I look in the mirror and I recognize myself. I am doing the things I always wanted to be doing and I feel amazing and happy. Happiness is not something that's only reserved for a few people. There's not a finite amount of happiness. There's enough happiness to go around. Every person in this world deserves to be and can be fully happy. And in my opinion, happiness is that feeling of recognizing yourself. It's that feeling of knowing that you're worth what it is that you are worth and taking your seat at the table, taking your seat at the table of life, the life that you want to live, not feeling inadequate in terms of I don't deserve that or how could I ever pursue that possible thing? I'm not worthy of that. Or who am I to have that conversation or make that phone call or walk into that interview or that meeting Um, or show my work to somebody, but really knowing that you belong there and taking your seat at that table and owning that space. When you do what it is that you're put here to do, you do start to recognize yourself. And what's amazing is that you know what it is that you're here to do because everybody is waking up thinking about something else. Some people are emailing me about how they want to create some hand lettering stuff for Etsy. And some people are wishing that they can create a bakery. And some people are wishing that they're going to be painting. And some people are wishing that they're going to create these new nonprofits that are going to help people to get out of um, a slump. Everybody has something else that's calling to them. And it is truly amazing that when you align yourself with what you're put here to do, the best part of it, not only are you going to serve the world, but you yourself are going to become fully alive. You're going to notice and recognize that you see yourself when you look in the mirror and when you walk down the street, you're going to feel like yourself and you're going to be happy. And happy people change the world because they're putting out there what it is that they're here to do. And when you're happy, you're growing. And when you're growing, that's oxygen. When you're putting things in the world that are powerful and beautiful and they're coming from this place of this is what I love doing, the world feels that love and it envelops everybody around you. It inspires everybody else. So I just want to say that I remember what it felt like. There were years in my life. I mean, if we go way back, I remember being a kid then being in middle school and high school. There were so many times where I felt that I was sort of trapped deep down inside myself and I didn't feel great about who I was, and I felt awkward, and I didn't know how to really even access what it is that I wanted, let alone carry myself with my shoulders back and walk through the world with a lot of dignity. Um, And then I went to college, and I started to feel better about myself, and I started experimenting and trying things. And I then came out to Los Angeles, and there was still a lot of time where I felt like it was maybe you know two miles away and i was starting to see it clearer it's like a kaleidoscope like every day it would like turn a little the kaleidoscope knob and i could see it coming to life but i couldn't quite completely access it yet and even if i could start to see what it was i didn't feel worthy of it and i didn't know how to have the conversations i needed to have feeling worthy of having them. You know, there's something different about reaching out to someone to show them your work or having a conversation. All the people on the show, we keep hearing them saying how much hustle, how much persistence they had. But in order to do that, in order to make those phone calls and have those meetings and show your work to somebody and take that feedback and come back again with something better, something new... You have to feel confident enough that you belong there and so what i'm hoping is that you guys do start to recognize yourself i hope that you start to hear what i'm saying and hear yourself and what you want becomes more crystal clear but that you also start to feel how much you deserve to just be a happy person and how that's not really asking a lot of the world to say you know what god you know what universe i really want to do this particular craft And I want to live this simple life, getting to make this thing. And when I make this thing, I feel like myself. And making this thing makes the world more beautiful. So I hope that today, maybe you'll give yourself permission to let your shoulders go back a little bit. Look at yourself in the mirror and see how beautiful you are. And know your worth. And know that you wanting these things is totally within reason and it's all doable it's all figure outable. and we're hearing that week after week different guests on this show are talking about all kinds of pursuits and no matter how far out there they are from what a traditional practical quote-unquote path would be people are successful so it's all doable and there's not just a finite amount of happiness reserved for a few lucky people This is your birthright. You don't even have to earn it. It's something that's just waiting for you. So just open your hands, open your heart, reach out and take what is yours so that you can give what it is that is yours that only you can give. If you guys love this show, I ask that my birthday wish, um, I'd love for each one of you to take a few minutes today and post about the show on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or email a few of your closest friends and say, guys, I think that this show will really inspire you. I can think of nothing greater for a birthday wish than for this audience of ours to grow. And if every one of you referred somebody to the podcast, our audience would either double or triple in size, depending on how many people you referred to the show. So we're going to see what happens because we can track the numbers. But that is my um, that would be the best birthday gift for you guys to tell people about the show because I'm hoping that... This work that I'm doing is going to remind other people to do the work that they're put here to do. And so I can think of nothing better than to be able to have this opportunity, which so many of you have already given me, to be a voice to remind you of how exceptional you are and that you have something truly specific that only you can give in the way you can give it. And I want to see lots of souls doing their work in this world. So please, that is the best way to give back to me, tell people about the show and continue to walk forward. And know your worth. I hope that you guys recognize yourself. I know how lonely it can feel to know that we have something so important to do in this world and we're not quite sure how to access it and we don't quite feel that we deserve it. I hope that this show helps you access it better and see it clearer to know that it's doable. I hope that we're demystifying all of these pursuits and showing you in sort of bite sizes the tangible steps so that they don't feel so overwhelming. And I hope that you also feel confident enough that you don't have to earn that happiness that you can take your seat at the table and that if you truly want to do something that means that it's worthy of being done I love you guys and I'm excited for what's to come this year Okay. I want to thank Skillshare for supporting this podcast. We love Skillshare because they're a great learning resource and they're giving all of you a month of unlimited access. Absolutely free. Go to skillshare.com dreamjob to redeem your free month. So what I love about Skillshare is they have a myriad of classes ranging from tons and tons of different topics. So if you want to make the best cup of coffee you've ever made, you want to start a coffee business, you can take some classes in like making the best cup of coffee and really honing your craft. If you want to take a class in how to make a viral video on your phone, you can take a class on that. If you want to take a class on how to do hand lettering, you can take a class on that. So I love that there's just tons and tons of stuff. And so for this one month, you can just check out as many things as you want. Classes are perfect for professional or freelancers looking to brand themselves, grow their business or learn new impressive skills to add to their resume. You can get unlimited access to all of this for a low monthly price. Never pay per class ever again. Remember to get one month free. Go to Skillshare.com slash dream Also, thanks to Slack for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Slack is awesome. I use it with my team. It's super easy and convenient. It lets you drag and drop file sharing that works with apps you already use like Google Drive, Dropbox, and more. Slack helps organize your team with real-time messaging, video or voice calls, group file sharing, and searchable archives all in one easy-to-use app. What I love about it is it's on my phone. I click on it and the conversations are put into different threads so I know how to sort of manage what's going on better than if I'm just searching through my email. And I can drag files in there. I can attach things in there so I can sort of communicate with my team in a more effective way slack where work happens find out why at slack.com that's slack.com okay without further ado today we have Frida Rothman on our show the other day I was at Nordstrom and I said to myself I want to buy myself a piece of jewelry instead of having to wear the diamond ring my engagement ring all the time what if I could find some really cool ring So I go to Nordstrom, I have like 40 minutes before I have to go somewhere else. So I'm like walking around and I look in the case and every single piece in this one particular case, I loved. And I asked the guy behind the counter, I said, oh my God, can you show me this? Can you show me this? Can you show me this? All the work was so beautiful. There was pieces that were stackable. There were pieces with different kinds of gemstones Everything in the case looked like it was like $1,000, $2,000, 3000 And everything in the case, yes, it was real real gold, um, but it was only $200, $300. And I said, who is this designer? And he said, this is Frida Rothman. And I looked at her Instagram and I just fell in love. She is a mom of four and um, we're going to hear her story now. I'm so happy that Frida is here um, and we're going to hear how has she been able to be a jewelry designer and have her work in Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's and to be heating up things on Instagram and everywhere else. So thank you, Frida, for joining us. Let's dive in. So let's just start at the beginning. Take us back. When did that artistic part begin? When did you start loving art or design?
1: Art and design has always been in my life since I've been a kid. I've taken art classes. I, did, I do a lot of oil painting. It's very calming and soothing for me. Um, I've always sketched. So art has always been a part of my life since I'm really young. Um, I use these skills to help other designers design. And uh, about five years ago, my husband really encouraged me to go and do this on my own.
0: So what was the first step?
1: So the first step was really coming together with a collection that also studying the market. Actually, that was really the first step was studying the market and seeing how you can be a niche market, like how you can have a product that will fit in a niche market.
0: Interesting. To me,
1: actually, I think having that private label background prior to launching my own collection was a very positive thing because I knew what was going on. I knew who was doing what. I knew who was buying what. And I kind of knew like, hey, nobody's doing this kind of look at this price point. And I really feel that we have opportunity here.
0: That's so, and it's absolutely true, because when I saw your, and I, like I said, I, I found you because I personally bought your jewelry. I was surprised at the fact that it was so beautiful and so affordable. Um, I was stunned, actually. So how did you even get those jobs to do the private label stuff? How did that happen? Did you reach out to people and say, I'm here, I can design stuff for you? Did you put together a portfolio? What did you do 1st
1: I mean, I think that attending the trade shows is the number way, number one way to reach uh, clients, uh, in a carbon label mm-hmm. world, as well as, you know, if you want to direct to retailers, the, the trade shows are super, super important, but please know, and my dad always told this to me too. If you meet one person or even two people, that's okay because you have the whole year to make up that business, you know, you build up those clients. So the first few times might not work out, but you have to stay consistent, keep on attending the shows be in front of people's faces until, I mean, I've been going for five, 10 years and people will be like, I've never seen you before. I'm like, really? I've been, oh my gosh. So you need to be,
0: so you would, so you would go to the trade shows and eventually you got hired to do some private label stuff. We would, okay.
1: Okay. Pieces that we can actually make. And since again, I had this artist, you know, I was able to, the artistry background, I was able to work with very easily with designers because I kind of understood what they want. So we would kind of, you know, get our heads together and
0: yeah, um, you speak the same language. So it made it. So what, what does that mean? Because I'm, I'm not in that world. What does it mean? Private label? What does that mean? Private
1: label means when a designer is looking for a manufacturer or looking for a factory to work with. So they can either, you know, go to China or they can go to other places and find a factory, but it's hard for certain factories to speak the same language. So they won't necessarily understand the design or the look that you're going for. So I would be kind of that person to speak to in regards to creating a certain design or a certain look. And it it would go under their label, it would go under their name.
0: So basically people who have a lot of money, they're gonna do the investing, Meanwhile, they need the, the manufacturing and they need the design and you would put together the design and then they would have somebody manufacture it. Correct.
1: Or it could be designers themselves who put the sketches together and we kind of put our brains together.
0: Oh, I see. Doesn't Got it. Doesn't mean
1: I designed everything for them. Um, it, you know, sometimes I have to do that. And sometimes the designer was great and she knew a lot and we would, you know, put our you know, minds together and come up with something really strong.
0: So you would do, you did that for how many years? The that private that label for designing? Four years. Okay, so four years of that, and then what was it inside of you that was like, I really want to do my own thing? What was when that? I, when
1: you see kind of your work and your design being sold in, in, at retailers, and you're like, hey,
0: Yes, you know, I get that. Yeah. I can
1: do this myself. I think I really can, but really finding a niche in the market and, and knowing that background was a huge help for me.
0: Okay, awesome. So then you started, you put together, it's called the Love Knot Collection. Is that yes. right? So what is that? What did that look like? You were in your studio. What were you doing? How did you put that together? So
1: I obviously sketching and doodling. I do that even when I'm on the phone. I'm surprised I'm not doing it right now. (laughs) I'm on hold. There's always some sketching going on. Uh, So really doodling and coming up with a great uh, story and idea. And, you know, once I get one motif in mind and I like see it and I envision it, it's very easy for me to continue the whole collection and the whole story because it has to just start with one little idea and then it just like blows up.
0: Beautiful, so then you have this and you had it in drawing form or did you also have to make the prototypes? I'm assuming you had to make them too. Of course,
1: Uh, nobody will see you or look at you unless you're (laughs) Uh, done and finished the way you feel proud enough to show it to somebody. You can never even go to halfway and be like, hey, Changes are going to be made to this. No, you have to go in 110% with the product finished. So once I had the sketch, I sent it into our factory. I use a lot of mixed metals with my pieces. I love using black rhodium. I don't know if your piece is a two-tone piece, but I love using black
0: rhodium
1: uh, to accent the stones. The reason I love using black rhodium, and I love giving this example, especially for girls, we kind of get it, you know, when you're putting on your makeup and you are using eyeliner around your eyes and your eyes suddenly mm-hmm. pop. So mm-hmm. I think of the same thing as stones. You know, I put the black rhodium behind the stones and immediately it gives it this pop effect.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, I, I really I stood there and I was like, I could buy all of these things. I'm honestly they were all stunning. And I've looked at so much jewelry. I mean, I'm a girl and I, you know, I've bought things over the years. I, I, I love everything you Thank make. So you, you finish the prototypes and, and then what's the first thing that happens that you get? Once what's the, the first collection
1: thing? comes in and you love the way it looks and you feel confident to go out there and show it to the world, because don't forget, this has your name on it. You want to make sure that right. this is something that represents of you. Um, so we started booking again, trade shows is the best way to meet clients um, and see what the market tells us. Uh, do they like it? Do they don't, you know? So we put the collection together together. Put it out there at the trade show, and we got you know quite a few orders. And we said, okay, I think we're onto something here.
0: You must have felt amazing. amazing You must have felt
1: because as much as as confident as you feel in yourself, and I do this every time a new collection comes out. I'm like, okay, I really hope everyone's gonna love it as much as I do. And finish you know an event or a trade show, and everyone's like, oh, we love it. I'm like, oh, my good. As long as you know, I'm I'm not crazy. Everyone loves it. As a designer, you're always a little nervous before you launch.
0: Of course, of course. But, so you've sold you you sold a few orders, but it wasn't yet one of these big department stores, right? Which, okay. Big
1: department stores definitely give you this legitimacy and credibility to your collections, for sure.
0: How long was it after that that it all came together it, with it, your first department store? It came
1: store? in pretty quickly. Like I said, I think it was there at the right time. And there was really, I think the important thing when launching a collection is do so much homework beforehand and and see what what else is out there how are you right. cornering that area where nobody else is
0: you know right
1: I kind of presented that way to the buyer and be like okay i see you have this this and this but i noticed that there's a white space here and i really think we can fill this space here um and the buyer saw saw it the same way so in regards to nordstrom uh so we i attended a trade show but all the product once all the product came in i did attend a trade show I am, like I said, I am pretty aggressive. I don't give up easily, uh, even if I get a no. One of my famous, I love listening to him, is Gary Vee. So I kind of... Oh, like
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. I
1: love everything he says. And this is prior to even starting to listen to Gary Vee. It's kind of, you, you can't give up. You got to, you know, keep on fighting if you really, truly believe in it. Um, but with Nordstrom, I kind of got lucky it was a new buyer had just come in and I think her responsibility was to kind of bring new brands in and bring some freshness and newness. So just to say she, we, we, she attended a trade show. I set up an appointment with her just to come in and see. They saw the product, went back, very poker face. And the next time they came in, they asked to set up an appointment in our New York showroom, which was my dad's showroom at the time. And um, we had set everything up. We had set up some great food and, The product and the buyer came in and she was so excited with what she saw the full presentation
0: oh my god were you so nervous what were you feeling i was
1: really really nervous but i know (laughs) once you get the buyers to see your product and you're passionate about it and you you know they can touch and feel it it's like it's usually is a home run you know because they can understand Right, and when we launched, we launched in twenty-five doors, which is very unusual.
0: Okay, so this was a buyer. She does all of the Nordstrom for North America.
1: Uh, for nationwide, yes.
0: Nationwide, right? So she she bought enough orders that it went into twenty-five Nordstrom. Correct. So
1: they launched me with twenty-five. Oh doors. my!
0: Uh, when was this? How many? How many it years was ago was Was
1: about three years ago. Was September of I think fifteen.
0: Were you freaking out? You must have been, um, it's amazing. Yeah, of
1: course I was freaking out. Was so <laughs> excited.
0: <laughs> so then what happened? So now you're in 25 Nordstroms and how does it go?
1: So it's it kind of, I, I call it domino effect. Uh, the reason I wanted so badly to be Nordstrom is again, it gives you this credibility and it's, it, the whole world is watching you now, you know, and it's yes. it becomes like, hey, if they have it or if it's good for them and it's working, it, it's probably good for us too. Um, so we launched in 25 doors When they did do the launch, um, they did put an ad in their September book at the same time. So kind of letting Hmm. the world know that, hey, we have this new designer that we're launching and uh, come in and, you know, see, which I think is always the best way is if you're not going to advertise and you're not going to let your customers know, you know, nobody will really know that you're there. So that was kind of the launch in the 25 doors. And we are currently up to about 50 doors right now. And for... Wow. Uh, their anniversary, which they do once a year, we are in additional doors as well.
0: Wow. And did other department stores pick yes. you up?
1: Yes. Uh, we, after a short time after that, we um, got into Bloomingdale's.
0: Oh my God, that's big. Yeah. So,
1: so currently we're in Bloomingdale's and in Nordstrom. Um, those are our biggest retail partners right now. And then we have a huge part of our business our, our fine jewelers. It's yeah. Some really high end fine jewelers um, across the country.
0: And what do you th- what do you think were some of the things that helped the brand, that helped the pieces to really stand out?
1: I think having strong content is huge. Um, I think also coming from the jewelry industry, which is a lot old school. <laughs> it's very old school. But when you come with amazing content, but I think amazing content works across the board. Um, when you have some amazing content, we have an in-house creative team. We have an in-house photographer, so we like to keep everything in-house. We don't like to Mm -hmm. things out. We have a lot more control over what happens, and we did this actually pretty early on. We uh, brought in-house team. It's always better we got that advice from someone who's been in business for many years, and his advice was bring everything in-house.
0: Why is that, do you think? Because you
1: have a lot more control over what they're working on, and and you can be a lot more involved. If you bring it off, You don't get as much out of it. You definitely get a lot more if you have it in-house.
0: How often do you have to design a new collection?
1: So I design six new collections a year. So that's every. Oh
0: my God. That's a lot.
1: It's a lot. Um, The reason I do do so many collections is I kind of believe in that Zara's business model. And that when you walk into Zara's and you want to get that top, you need to buy it today because you know tomorrow won't be there anymore. Mm. so kind of creating that sense of urgency and I think in 2017 it's a new age everybody's fast moving everybody sees a million images on their phone a day and you have to keep that's it true exciting. you have to keep it exciting or else it's just you know I mean we're in a new we're in a new age so
0: you said early on something about how it was really important that you did some research before you started well what was what was working in the marketplace and Correct. Tell me about that. What were the questions you were asking in that research and what were the answers that you found?
1: So I would go actually do store visits. If you're targeting a certain store that you really want to be in and you feel is a best fit for you, go visit the store. You don't need to say who you are, what you're doing. Just go visit the store, see what's in the cases, see what they're selling, take some pictures, see how your product can actually be different than what everybody else has. So that kind of was my pre-market research. I literally would just go, from, you know, door to door. I would go do my Nordstrom visits in certain areas and see what they have. What the price and what would
0: you do? Take notes? You'd just be taking notes? I'd
1: take notes, take some pictures, um, see what the price points were, what the price points were working. You can ask the sales associates too. Like, hey, what's the price point that really works here? So you kind of know, okay, we need to keep our prices between 300 and 500 This is what works at Nordstrom. Um, obviously doing a lot of online research as well, seeing what the competitors have.
0: So what did you find? You found that pieces that were between three and five hundred dollars sold more than pieces that were more expensive or less expensive?
1: What I found in my research and what gave me the confidence to go to our Nordstrom and go to Bloomingdale's, I could not find anything in sterling silver at this price point with this kind of design element. There's a lot of detail that goes into every single piece. Um, it's finished like a fine piece of jewelry and I guess uh, if you look at my pieces what you can get for $300 would normally look like a $3,000 piece
0: that's what I was stunned by the ring that I bought that's yours right uh, I think it cost me like $200 mm-hmm. and it looks like it's gold with pave all around it with like circles of pave mm-hmm. and It looks like a ring that I had actually tried on at a fine jewelry store that was about $3,000. Correct.
1: So that's kind of what I found. I said, there's nobody doing this. Like you can either get something that looks this good. I mean, there's great, a lot of generic CC kind of jewelry, but there's nothing with a lot of design element. Exactly. If you have your Rolex and you want to buy something for travel, that's fun. And you don't want to buy costume plastic jewelry, but you don't want to spend $5,000 on a sterling silver bracelet. There was nothing in between. So that's, that was what my research, that's what I found. And that's what gave me the confidence to be like, Hey, listen, I have something here that you don't have and you can generate volume with it. And it looks really good. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you.
0: And it's so artistic and it's so, uh, I love all of the, I I honestly want to go back and buy the other two pieces. One of them was like, had like turquoise in it. One was like stacked, but it was really interesting. I never seen anything like it. And that's what I loved about it. So What do you think gave you the ability to have this sort of determination?
1: So determination definitely runs in my family. Both of my grandparents and both sides, my mother and my father, are all Holocaust survivors. Oh, my God. And uh, my grandmother was 14 when her entire family of nine didn't make it. And my other grandmother was uh, about 19. And they always tell me, you know, their stories. These are women that are fighters. They're strong. I mean, it was very easy to give up, but they don't give up. So they're they're both super strong women. And to me, they're my heroes. And their message was always like, we don't, we just don't give up. You know, we fight for what we want. We want something. We go for it. And they're definitely my, my heroes. So
0: that is, I mean, of course. I mean, that they're a hero to everybody. Yeah. So at four, at one was fourteen, and the other one was how old? She was about nineteen. So at 14 and 19, they had to find their way. How did they get there? Where did they go? Did they try to get to America? How did they do that all by themselves at so young of age?
1: Yeah, so actually they both got married right after the war and that happened in Hungary. They're both Hungarian. My grandfather had a wife and two children prior to marrying my grandmother um, that perished. And they literally started from nothing. Uh, after they got married in the DP camps, um, they left to Israel. And both families, they both went to Israel. And after that, they emigrated. My father's side emigrated to Canada. And my mother's side emigrated to the United States. And my dad oh. started his business, you know, at 18, 19 years old. Again, hustling, coming from nothing and building himself an empire.
0: And you're, are you very close with your grandparents?
1: So uh, I only have one grandmother that's still alive. Okay. um definitely very close i have two daughters myself and i try to bring them by her all the time because she's such an inspiration to me and anytime they complain i go bring them to her again and oh my gosh realize, you know what what kind of special woman this is who was always smiling and always happy
0: and how on earth how could she you know, smile it's amazing
1: that, that that's to me also i have a very like Positive, you know. You know, I always try to look for the best, and I think I, I learned that from from them. There's there's a great story. My I'm actually named after my grandmother's mother. Her name was Frida. And sometimes when people meet me and they're like, Frida, we thought you were going to be an old woman, or Are we
0: <laughs> you're like, thanks.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I am, you know, named after somebody that that was old. And my grandmother would always tell me. I mean, her mother didn't make it, but she said, you know, you're you know, my mother has the same blue eyes. As you And I was always like her favorite, you know, so I'm very, very proud of my name, um, Frida and who I'm named after. She survived up to three weeks before liberation in Bergen-Belsen. Oh,
0: my God. So
1: I'm very, very proud and I'm, I hope she's proud of me, you know, and, and, and seeing what I've done and have her name out there. So my name means something very much to me.
0: That is unbelievable. I mean, there's no words. There's nothing to say in response. It's just amazing. Yeah. What does freedom mean? What do you know what it means? It really
1: means happiness. <laughs> freedom wow. means happiness. It's, it's in Yiddish. Um, it means happiness. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for um, having the courage. And thank you for sharing that with us. That's an incredible lesson for everybody listening such an important piece of history to continue to talk about um what is your advice to people listening who have a dream who continue to feel frustrated who haven't done it what's your advice to somebody who has something they really wish they could do and they don't haven't seen that happen in their life yet
1: i'm a big believer in being a realist I'm part of the accessories council, the young committee, and we do have uh, monthly meetings where we have some young designers that come and we have these. Oh,
0: that's so nice. Yeah.
1: So it happens here in New York and we're actually starting this program where we will be kind of mentors to young designers and, you know, designers that have this question So my angle in, in that committee is yes, give, uh, give a little bit of a realistic, you know, shake up to some of these designers, you know, my business, I, I, I think of myself more as an entrepreneur and a businesswoman as opposed to so much of a designer and I think you need to have both. I think it's very important to have both because sometimes and if you see you're not that entrepreneur and you're not that person that's a fighter then you need to hire somebody that is because sometimes mm. a designer doesn't have both. So if yep. you are a great artist and you have amazing ideas but you're having a hard time getting into certain doors or breaking certain, you know, ceilings then get somebody that is a fighter and get somebody that has great sales skills and the two of you should be able to shatter anything. Um, so know yourself. Um, that's number one and know what your capabilities are and also know your product. Obviously I know everyone's like, you know, whatever you love to do and dream and make sure that your product is something that is actually something that you feel is needed out there. So, Uh, That's more reality, you know, look at the product and know yourself. And I think those are two key things in helping you break and shatter anything that you set your heart on.
0: Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. What's next for you? What do you dream to do?
1: My dream is to become a lifestyle brand, um, taking my ideas and launching them in different categories. So in in 2017, we launched Eyewear Sunglasses,
0: which- So Cool.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you've seen them, but...
0: No, I haven't seen them yet. So we
1: did sunglasses. If you can go online, you can take a look and see it. It is the same matte finish plating that I use on my jewelry. I've been using on the iron. Wow. So it's kind of the same woman that wears those layer necklaces and stacking her rings and her bangles. When she puts on the sunglasses, it kind of all ties it together. So I nice. love jewelry elements on the sunglasses, matte gold, matte acetate finish so it's the same aesthetic as the jewelry and it's the same we call her the frida rothman woman Uh, (laughs) you know she kind of gets it and she sees how everything ties together so launching for 2018 i will be launching handbags as well i wanted to tell you about the little market research that i did Um, checked out every major department store every major retailer what's everyone doing asked around to buyers Okay, what handbags are really working in your uh, department store and why? So I got different, you know, responses from different buyers. Some buyers were saying about not oversaturating the market. Some buyers were saying doing something super clean. So taking all those little tidbits, I mean, I'm working on this already for six months. I've had some made, but I don't feel confident in those samples. I switched factories three times. Oh, my God. So the reason I do these things is because, again, it's it's my name on this. Um, I'm putting it out there, and, you know, I want to give my, my client, my customers, the best possible bag. Of course. That I think, you know, represents our brand and represents who she is. Love so it. kind of finalizing all of this, but we're going to do some jewelry elements on the bags. Uh, but, again, hitting the price point where you, you have super expensive bags and then you have low-end, but I want something that you can – that looks like a five thousand dollar bag, but you can get for three fifty.
0: Oh, I love this business
1: model and, and putting that in the bags. When I launched sunglasses, I'll go back to the sunglasses. Okay, it's a new category, right? Okay, right. What is everybody else doing in sunglasses? How mm. am I going to be different than everybody else? I mean, there's so many gorgeous eyewear out there. What is oh that yeah, set me apart? And I think putting jewelry elements on the eyewear, mm-hmm. the matte finish acetate is not really seen that often out there. No, and that's kind of what, you know, that was my platform. Okay, so I need to go in that direction where I kind of stand out and I don't look like everybody else. Yeah, so that's always been like my thing for business. Like don't look like everybody else. What's the
0: point? that's interesting?
1: Yeah, what? Yeah, the point if you're going to do what everybody else is doing, don't go with the flow. stay on trend, but be different. Because why would anyone pick you up if you look like the next guy? You know, you have to be different, you have to have something that you're bringing to the table that is different than what everybody else is doing.
0: Do you feel like the story you're telling with your brand is also different?
1: I think people are very interested in uh, the fact that I'm a mom and I have four children and I'm still able to have a team and have a business and be out there and shake hands with people. I think people are very interested in that part of it.
0: Uh, that's a, I'm also a mom, I have three little kids. Okay. Um, and people say all the time okay. that their biggest complaint is they don't have the time. Right. How do you find the time? How do you make all this work?
1: Um, So, I get this question all the time, how do you do it, how do you do it? Um, Obviously, I have an amazing team, I have great help at home, too, and I think if uh, your children see how important your business is to you, they kind of understand. It's like, you know, there's mommy time and then there's work time, and and I think it's so important for a woman in general to be in the workplace and be out there, and it it gives you tremendous self-esteem. Um, it makes
0: you feel,
1: you know, you still feel like you're smart and you know what's going on. Right. Right. If I was doing mommy duty all day, I, I, I don't even think I would feel good. You know?
0: No, no. I I totally relate to that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It makes me a better mom. It really does. Like I spend the time that I'm with them. Like it's so valuable to me. I, I, poor kids. Like I don't even let them have sleepovers. I'm like, no, stay with me. But it's, um, really making each Time. When you're at work, you're 100% there. When you're home, you're 110% at home.
0: That's so, that's such good inspiration for people because yeah. people are so caught up in that excuse. I don't have the time. It's like, well, well you have to. You, make you the figure time. it out. Yeah. yeah. Make the time. You make the time. Yeah. You've been doing this since your kids were how old?
1: Um, my, since they're super little. I mean, I was doing uh, a little bit of the private label. I was helping my dad. I would say since my son is about four and he's turning six. Seventeen now. I mean, obviously I wasn't in it in a big way, but even now I, I leave work a little bit earlier. I like to be that face they see when they come home, but I couldn't do that without having an amazing team here.
0: and you've had four babies in the course of all this Yes. you you mean yes yeah so you've been able to have a baby keep going have another baby keep going exactly i mean
1: i mean my buyers would make fun of me and then be like you delivered a baby six hours ago and you're emailing us back i'm like why it's fine yes
0: (laughs) that's me that's so me i guess that
1: so i mean I'm that person like i'm always working i'm always even when i'm on vacation i'm working so there really is no excuse that there's no time especially in this day and age we have phones and uh, we have access to email and everything's at our fingertips. So, I mean, I'm always answering clients, uh, answering people, even six hours after delivery.
0: It sounds like because it's not work, it sounds like you love it. Not, oh, I absolutely love it. It.
1: absolutely love it. Love, love, love it.
0: What do you think is your why? Why do you do it?
1: It makes me feel good. It makes me feel happy. Um, and I love uh, being able to share my artistry with other people. And I think jewelry in general and in industry and fashion, it makes people feel good. When you, you know, my husband sometimes says, you know, you, you have so many clothes in your closet. Why do you need to buy? them? I'm like, you know what it makes me feel when I put a new dress on? Yes, new yes. it just, there's something about it. It makes people happy. It makes people feel good. So when you put on those earrings and it just ties the whole outfit together, um, there's something very special about it. So, fashion in general, I think, just makes people happy. So
0: it does. I so totally get that. A
1: happy part. Of it. Yeah.
0: Uh, where can people find you?
1: People can find me on, on my website. Instagram is Frida Rothman. It's a great Instagram. Um, you can see my kids. You can see my family. You can see some great
0: eyewear
1: and the handbags.
0: I love that you're equally smart as you are talented, and then just as the icing on the cake you have this incredible story of who you are and where you come from. Uh, it's like the trifecta. It's like there's there's only gonna be good and blessing for you. I'm no doubt. I love your stuff. Like I'm seriously, it's it's gorgeous.
1: One thing I definitely wanna say, and this is something that I've learned and is my motto and it's in big letters here in my office is that you learn from your mistakes. I know everyone says that and you know, it's something that a line that you've heard, but you are going to make mistakes. You're gonna screw up bad and you're gonna screw up real bad but you at least, you know, you know that you can make mistakes. And the the lessons that I've learned from them, those mistakes are probably the biggest lessons that I'll ever learn. Um, if it means something that I said, uh, or something that I did, I mean, and that's how it made me better. I'm like, Hey, I can't say that in a meeting or I can't do that. Or I can't show that. So, um, that's like been my, my number one, it's okay to make mistakes. And if you didn't make the mistake you wouldn't learn it in the same way because it hurts you so bad it's like you're never gonna right. it again so i love it that's definitely something that i would uh pass on
0: so important
1: yes it's it's great super super important and if you feel passionate about something and you know you feel like 100 percent confident like the marketplace needs to have what you're offering just don't give up just keep on trying again I know this is something that you've heard before, but persevere, continue to, to do these trade shows, but be a realist too. Be a realist too, like ask around and ask people to give you the truthful, you know, with whatever product it is that you have. Ask around, do your research, um, but keep pushing. Don't like think, oh, I sent an email six months ago. It it doesn't mean anything. Just
0: What's the greatest example of how you had to keep pushing?
1: There's a very high-end retailer that I've been reaching out to uh, quite a few times and I think you know, we tried like let's try from this angle We'll send them product or we'll send them line. She's always a different angle uh, approach to the message It wasn't always the same message um, But I think finding different angles to approach a buyer if it doesn't work by showing her images or content or sending them samples So now we approached it with a business plan an actual business plan to the buyer be like,
0: wow, you really wanted this client. Yeah, wow. He
1: really wants to say, this is the potential we believe you can do. Obviously, if you carry this product in your store. And wow. it, it actually worked. So That's it,
0: so cool. And how many years were you working on that?
1: About three, three, four years. And we're talking about every two months sending another email. Not here. Oh, to-
0: good for you. Oh.
1: Coming at it from different angles. I've tried, like, everything. And it could be it's timing. It could be it's, you know, there's a lot of other factors that come into play here.
0: You just kept changing your approach. You kept changing your approach. Change the approach.
1: Don't do the same thing. Oh, they're not interested. No. Okay. That didn't work, obviously. They said no. So let's go at it this angle.
0: So good. Great Great example.
1: A great piece of advice also is offer to send physical samples of something that you have because you want them to touch and feel it. So if you can ask them, can I, is it okay if I send you samples so you can see it? Um, Most of the time they'll say yes. And it does make a big difference if they get to see it.
0: Awesome. And who's the they? Is it the buyer? buyer. You could uh, look that up. I'm sure you could figure that out. Yes. The buyer. Okay. Yeah. So awesome. Thank you so much for being here. That was so packed with such deliciousness. I love it. Every second of it. I was like literally glued to your, to your story. Thank you. Thank you so much, much, Frida. That was so much fun thank you frida for being here i love listening to that story okay here's some takeaways number one do your homework find out what else is out there and figure out how you're going to corner the area where no one else is number two stay on trend but be different why should anyone pick up your product if you look just like the next guy number three know yourself your capabilities and your product number four allow yourself to make mistakes but learn from them Number five, perseverance, but be realistic. Offer to send physical samples and ask for honest feedback. Number six, if your approach isn't working, then it's time to change the plan. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Um, as I told you at the beginning of the show, today is my birthday, and it really is the most joyful Part of everything is having this community talking to you guys it's the cherry on top it's the icing on the cake it is the dream job for me I mean here I was pursuing a life in songwriting and now to get to have this conversation with so many of you and to get to be this voice in your life reminding you of how unbelievably important you are and how you've been assigned to do something amazing is just It's just the thrill of a lifetime. So thank you for listening to our show. And like I said, if you want to give me a huge birthday present, tell your friends about the show. If every one of you decided, okay, let's give Kathy a present, and every one of you posted about the show or emailed it to a few friends, we would double or triple our audience this week. So let's see if we can do that because we can track it. So if you guys are listening, if you love me the way that I love all of you and you want to give something back, you want to wish me a happy birthday, Send out um, a link to the show to your friends or post about it on Facebook or email it to a group of your friends and say, listen to this show. I think it's really going to inspire you. Um, And let's see if we can double or triple our listenership um, this week, because to me, there's nothing more important than reminding people that they're here to do some extraordinary work in this world. And I want to see all of you doing it. And that is the greatest gift to me is to see you guys happily doing your thing. So if I can be a voice and remind all of you to get busy following your bliss, And that is the greatest gift you can give back to me. So I hope that people will listen to the show so that they themselves can feel empowered to do what it is that they're here to do. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Please continue to review us, support our sponsors. When you support our sponsors, they continue to support us. And I just love you from the bottom of my heart. And I look forward to the next few weeks because we have amazing guests coming on. If you guys have ideas for guests and you'd like to email me, And let me know what those suggestions are. I'd love to hear them. You can email me at hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com. And if you want to sign up for my email list, go to nodayjobs.com. That's N-O-D-A-Y-J-O-B-S, nodayjobs.com. Every week, I'll be emailing you a little update, sending you an email about that week's show and what I think some of my favorite elements of it were. And once in a while, I'll be putting in there a special offer or some goodies that I have. So I look forward to connecting with you guys more. Thank you for everything that you are and everything that you're doing. Keep going It is all doable. It is all possible. I'll talk to you next week. I want to give a shout out to the amazing team who makes this show possible. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer Emma Kikuchi. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.